0: This program is brought to you by Bible Way Media, overseen by the elders of the Chipman Royal Church of Christ in Lee Summit, Missouri. You notice, um, I mean, it actually seems like a little depressing book to read. And I understand that. I mean, the second verse of the book is considered by some to be pretty big downer. It says, vanities of vanities, says the preacher, vanities of vanities. All is Vanity written by a man who God gave wisdom to, a man who who people sought to settle complex problems. It was a man who the Queens traveled for days to consult and, and came away awestruck by his wisdom and his wealth. And yet here we are with the son of David, the wisest man who lived in the Old Testament, a man who calls himself a preacher, a speaker, an orator, declaring all of this this life is vanity. and yeah, it could sound depressing and kind of hopeless, not something that you want to read if you're looking for a pick me up or need a little encouragement, you think? No, well, but sorta unless unless you are willing, you know, to go the distance and and peel back the layers, so to speak, unless you kind of know. Where he's going. You see, in this treatise, the preacher lays out the futility of, of so many things. I mean, comparing our striving after stuff, like trying to capture the wind, he lays it down right away why all is vanity. He says, What profit has a man from all his labor in which he toils under the sun? One generation passes away and another generation comes, but the earth abides forever. The sun also rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it arose. The wind goes toward the south and turns around to the north. The wind whirls about continually and comes again on its circuit. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. To the place from which the rivers come, they are there they return again. All things are full of labor. Man cannot express it, The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. That which has been is is what it will be. That which is done is what will be done, and there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which it may be said, see, this is new? It has already been in ancient times before us. There's no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of things that are to come by those who come after chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. And as you know, some days just feel that way. You know, like, like trying to capture the wind, like life is passing through our fingers like sand. And, and no matter how hard we try to capture it, it continues to filter through our fingertips and just disappear. So the preacher, or Solomon, continues through Ecclesiastes to give an account of the challenges you know, the real challenges and frustrations that, that we struggle with trying to define meaning, answers to what we're living through in the moment, the equation that, that equals happiness and even stability, certainty in our lives or in some way to find, you know, answers to that question that seems to escape us, the why and what is my purpose and what is life about? And so Solomon records in verse one of chapter two, he says, I said to myself, come now, I will test you with pleasure to enjoy yourself. And he did, and he did it upright. You know, verses three through 10 says that he explored with his mind how to stimulate his body with wine. Then he built houses, he planted vineyards, he made gardens and parks and ponds of water. He then bought slaves, he bought huge herds of animals. And he collected silver and gold, and he had lots. Yeah, he had lots of women. In fact, he says in verse 10, "'All that my eyes desired, I did not refuse them.'" And then he stopped, and he knew, because he concluded, yeah, if you know it, you know what's coming. He concluded all was vanity and striving after the wind. And there was no prophet under the sun. So he goes on to discuss his chasing after knowledge and came to the same conclusion in verse 26. This too is vanity and striving after the wind. It sounds sad, doesn't it? And honestly, it can seem maybe a little confusing. I mean, the wisest man, a man who God granted wisdom to because he was smart enough and humble enough to not ask for wealth. First Kings chapter three. I mean, the man knew, or so it seemed that he did. And And maybe that's maybe the curse of wisdom, because wisdom has its own problems, you know? Wisdom means that you see the end and you're able to discern the outcome before you start. You see the path. It means you know, you really know. And that's what's so strange about Solomon's journey. He didn't seem to see the end until it was there until he experienced it, until he knew what he knew, he knew. And so in the confusion of his life and the declaration of vanities, are there are a few things that he learned, a few things that he could say that after all of that, that he knew, and he lets us in on that too. It's recorded in chapter three, verse 11 through 14, and it's, he said, He has made everything beautiful in its time, also He put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of his labor. This is the gift of God. I know that whatever God does, it shall be forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it. That men should fear before him. And isn't it interesting that after all that fuss, that mess, we know who Solomon was. And he was right. When life is over, it's over. And it is kind of vanity or emptiness and it can leave one wanting. And maybe that's it what Solomon means in, in his analysis that we can't seem to help ourselves chasing like the wind, trying to figure out our purpose, our meaning, our happiness, when it is there all the time. It's truth. What we know is true is the anchor, isn't it? It's what textbooks are written about, what, what lectures in college classrooms thrive on and political debates hinge on. How we define it and what we know Is truth, nothing else matters and everything else balances on that tip of reality, truth. It's recorded in John chapter one, verse eight, that truth comes through Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John chapter eight, verse 32, that knowing truth will actually set you free. And later in chapter 14, verse six, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth and the life and later in chapter 17, verse 17, that God's word is truth. And when Jesus was standing before Pilate, the account recorded in John chapter 18, verse 37, Jesus said that he came into the world to bear witness to the truth. And everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. But the thing about truth, and again, I think this is Solomon's point, just like we can try to capture the wind we can not like truth we can fight against truth we can say well it isn't so but it still is you know truth it is what it is like what Solomon learned hearing the conclusion of the whole matter which is truth fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole of man For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 and 14. Solomon figured it out. It took him a while. Sometimes it takes us a while too, doesn't it? But Solomon figured it out. Because when you know, you know. Purpose, hope, and happiness right there And nothing else matters. It really doesn't. And that's the truth. And it is for this. It is for God's truth that I bow my knees today. We thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Bible Media by visiting us at BibleWayMedia.org. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find all of our podcasts and all major podcast platforms. As always, we thank you for listening.